Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in on the fourth installment, the fourth installment of the start of the college football season or football season in general. Uh, just a quick recap. As you guys know, we had SEC Media Days, the unofficial start of the college football season. Then NFL training camp began, and that was the unofficial start of the football season. And then the Hall of Fame game began, which was another start of the football season. And then training camp for all of your college football teams began this weekend so teams were already practicing before this weekend yours may have but everybody now officially everybody is practicing now everybody is practicing now and it feels really good to say that my name is Michael Borky glad that you guys are with me on this Monday morning start of a new week inside of four weeks as JP says to get us started uh inside of four weeks until the start of the college football season, and what is it, five weeks until the NFL season begins. So off and running, off and running, and uh, a lot to talk about today. I don't know if I will get to everything. Um, I don't know if I'll get to everything, but hopefully I will. So if you're a first-time viewer, thank you for uh, for tuning in as always. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Michael Borky on YouTube, I will be doing this fall uh, a lot of streaming and Some of it will not end up on Periscope or whatever. So uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Michael Borky, right there on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. And if you like what you hear, physically like the video. That would help me a ton. Also follow on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. And wherever you get your podcast, this is uploaded there for you. So you don't have to miss anything. Just subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Mike in the morning or my name should turn up results wherever you get them. And uh, subscribe there, and we are off. So, practice is here. Practice began for everybody uh, in this state. Ole Miss will go last, if you will. They will go last since they are playing on uh, that Monday night against Louisville. So, they were the last team to get practice started uh, in this state uh, this year. So, everybody's off and running. My question today, though, is can we learn learn anything can we learn anything uh, during training camp and the headlines probably confusing people because in college they call it fall camp we're not going to do that we've already been down that road but can we actually learn anything as they go through practice unfortunately the difference between college practice and, and training camp in the nfl is that the the media access that is actually allowed uh for example, state media was able to, to witness practice this weekend. Ole Miss media will witness practice that gets started here in like an hour. Uh, Southern Miss media, although they just lost their best and uh, like final remaining true beat writer uh, to NOLA.com, uh, the access is different. So in the NFL, for example, we can get charted like passing numbers for Taysom and Jameis. 
Like we know exactly what they are doing, who's looking good, who's looking bad. The media access in the NFL is huge. Like they, they get to see everything. We don't in college. They are very shut off. Like they'll get to see some individual stuff, some stretching, and then that'll basically just end it. You know, that, that, that'll be the end of it. That's all they get to see. So learning anything from college training camp it really doesn't happen. So just a few things that hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get answered. Uh, and I'll start with Southern Miss, JP, because this picture, uh, I mean, who knows what we're going to see, how they look, all that, because they're behind. But I saw this picture of Trey Lowe yesterday. Holy crap. Now, for some reason, the picture is cropped at his head, so you don't get to see his head. But uh, Southern Miss quarterback Trey Lowe, the transfer from West Virginia, has put on like 20 pounds of straight-up muscle. So let why, wait till you see this picture. And for those of you listening in podcasts, I'm sorry, I can't show this to you. Um, holy crap. <laughs> Look at that guy. It looks like Will Hall is coaching a defensive end right there. I mean, man, that does not look like a quarterback. So uh, that picture stood out to me big time yesterday. I mean, holy crap. Look at that guy. Uh, and he's going to run a little bit, too, for Southern Miss. At least you hope. that That's kind of uh, a fixture of the Will Hall offense. So uh, that is an impressive-looking dude right there. So that's uh, that's big time. But for for Southern Miss and Mississippi State, of course, the, the easy questions are quarterback, right? Um, but here's the thing with, with Mississippi State. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It just it doesn't matter unless they play better on the offensive line. And that's, you know, what, what can we learn? What can we learn? For Mississippi State, it's maybe something that we'll have to wait until week two to find out. But all the talk is going to be about quarterback position. And Zach, you're right. That's a triple option body if I've ever seen it. Zach says JP he says he's a unit with the ball downhill Mike I mean my gosh uh that looks like a defensive end <laughs> that's what that looks like a defensive end uh what a pickup for uh for Will Hall that's the beauty of the transfer portal uh it helps programs like Southern Miss get a, a power five quarterback that they wouldn't have gotten organically through recruiting that's what the transfer portal does for programs like Southern Miss it it will Make the talent pool more accessible for programs like that. That's what the transfer portal does. That's why I like it, and that's why it's good for college football, because guys like Trey Lowe. Anyway, um, all the talk about Mississippi State is quarterback. It's all it's all the conversation is who's going to win the quarterback battle. Is it is it going to be Jack Abraham? Is it going to be this freshman coming in? Is That's all the conversation is. Will Rogers, all this stuff. It does not matter. It does not matter unless the offensive line gets better. You could have Tom Brady. You could have Patrick Mahomes, although he would be better at escaping pressure. If Mississippi State up front is going to be as bad as they were last year, it does not matter who the quarterback is. They will still not be a good football team. When three-man rushes were getting to the quarterback with regularity against – Cole Kublik said on our radio show he wasn't being hyperbolic. He said three NFL defensive linemen, including Aaron Donald, should not be able to beat five with an extra running back in for protection. 
He said that should never happen regardless of who the personnel you're against or who the personnel you have is. Just from sheer numbers, that shouldn't happen. And against everybody last year, it happened with regularity for uh, for Mississippi State. Uh, that That can't happen and simply cannot happen. So can we get that answered? I don't know. I mean, will we be able to physically see the offensive line getting better? I, I don't know. But that's the thing with Mississippi State. It's, will they be better up front? Because nothing else matters if they're not. Nothing else matters if they're not better on the offensive line. The quarterback competition, waste of time. Jaden Wally, who I, I think is an NFL player, doesn't matter. He won't get his if they're not better up front. Um. There's a sneaky storyline in Oxford. I'm not talking about vaccines. Um, who's going to play tight end? Can that get answered from Ole Miss camp this year? Who's going to play tight end? Lane Kiffin in the past has really utilized tight ends. It's been a, a strong staple of his offense. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are probably going to potentially start uh, a Kiffin FAU tight end. Um, his name's escaping me. Oh, that that's embarrassing. What is his name? Um, Hunter something, right? Either way, uh, there's a, a tight end that played for Kiffin at FAU that's going to get significant snaps in the NFL as a second-year guy. Uh, he uses the tight end. It, it's a fixture in his offense. It, it is an important piece of that offense. So, no Yeboah. They were looking at a transfer. That didn't pan out. Casey Kelly, who played in the bowl game, tore his ACL in a skiing accident back in January, I think. Um, So who's it going to be? Is it going to be that high-level freshman that they recruited that had an injury that he was dealing with uh, last season? I don't know. I mean, that's the big question. So everybody's talking about defense, and rightfully so. But, you know, I'm trying to to come at it with a different angle. Who's going to play tight end? It's a really important part of that offense. And the answer is a bunch of guys that are really, really unproven. I mean, the the guy with the most experience, at least on your team, tore his ACL in a skiing accident and barely played last year. So what are the options there? Uh, So that's what I'm looking for in Oxford. So at Southern Miss, it's the quarterback. Holy crap. I mean, he looked incredible. Mississippi State, it's the offensive line. We'll see. And Ole Miss, it's the tight end. Can we learn about who's going to step up at tight end, Mississippi State's offensive line, and that image of Trey Lozen saying? JP said that uh, Will Hall called them mentally weak and that a lot of guys were defeated by the heat. Will Hall, I mean, he's a motivator, right? You you can... uh, Hear him talk, and you want to run through a brick wall when, when he's speaking to you. But he's not going to sugarcoat it either. He uh, apparently not really happy with uh, how his guys have responded. That's what camp is for, right? Got to whip their asses into shape, if you will. The vaccine thing—that's an interesting storyline, right? Maybe not. I I can never decide. Little inside baseball here. So we have a three-hour radio show in the afternoon, and uh, I do all of the planning for it. Uh, So when I'm sitting down mapping out a plan for the show, 
how much of this should we talk about? That's a, a question that I wrestle with every day because I think a lot of people are sick of it. You know, they're sick of talking about COVID. Uh, they're, they're sick of it affecting their life in general. I mean, we, we get that kind of feedback. But at the same time, our job is to impart inform, you know, and it's a story going into this football season. It definitely is. There's this variant, there's case numbers, all this stuff, you know, and I, I have not figured out what the balance is between talking about it because we have to, because the people need to know that it's still a story and keeping listeners engaged while we talk about something they may not want to hear. It, it's a weird balance, and I, I can't quite figure out how much of it we should do, but it's definitely it's definitely a story. It's one that's not going away, sadly. Uh, the city of New Orleans, although we're like two and a half months out, it's not until October, uh, moved Jazz Fest into next year. So if they're already moving an outdoor event, if they're effectively canceling it until next year, um, what does that mean for the Saints? They haven't made an announcement yet. They've got a preseason game in like two weeks. If they're moving an outdoor event, which we know everything about outdoor events, um, what does that mean for the football team? All weekend, you saw full stadiums in baseball and, and full stadiums at Packers practice in the rain. They basically packed Lambeau out. It was incredible. But what's the city going to do to the team? Are they going to limit their capacity again? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's that's a, a realistic scenario. In Mississippi, I would be shocked. Reed, it's not going to happen. You're not going to see crowd limitations here. It's just not going to happen. Outdoor events, stuff like that. Uh, that's uh, it's something that's here. Uh, the Kirk Cousins thing, Lamar Jackson, you know, NFL players and their protocols, and it's all it's a story. But people are sick of it. Sachs is exactly right. On one hand, I'm personally tired of hearing hearing about it, but then again, it's still current news relevant to the college football season. It's a tough balance. I, I don't know how to handle it. So you get the story yesterday that uh, every player and coach that was on the practice field in Oxford yesterday uh, had been vaccinated. Uh, I could be wrong. This is just me maybe reading too much into it. The way it was worded was interesting to me. It wasn't our entire roster is fully vaccinated. It was everybody on the practice field today was. So, uh, you know, just applying what was said to me reading too much into it, there may be some players on the roster that haven't finished yet, but everybody that practiced and coached was fully vaccinated. That's a, a story. And here's why that's a story. It's, if nothing else, put the public health and your opinions on the, the vaccine aside. What this will do will remove a competitive disadvantage for your team. Here's what I mean by that. I think we talked about this last, last week some. I can't remember what podcast I talked about it on. But if the current protocols stay in place, they could change. The variant could really screw all of this up. But the current line of thinking, the current protocols, hate that word, but what they are in the SEC are going to be a team above the threshold, and in Ole Miss's case, every player 
fully vaccinated. They will be tested rarely, if ever. Uh, they will, it sounds like they will only be tested if they exhibit symptoms or they were proven to be in a close contact, a super, like a, and those are, are much tighter than they were last year. Uh, a close contact with a COVID positive, then they will be tested. Uh, there will be no um, quarantine for a close contact if you have been back, that kind of stuff. So they can conduct practice as normal. They can conduct meetings as normal. They will not be tested unless they are showing symptoms. Uh, it removes a possible competitive disadvantage for your team, if that makes sense. Uh, a team that is below the threshold, forfeit is very likely on the table. Now, Ole Miss could still have to forfeit a game if they literally cannot field a team, but because they are all vaccinated, the uh, parameters for forfeit are very tight, you know? And if a team's below that threshold, it, it, it's it, an extreme possibility for them to be able to do that. So it doesn't give you a competitive advantage, and I'm just talking about football here. Uh, but a team that has not done what Ole Miss has done is at a disadvantage. They have to you know, follow different guidelines. They have to do things differently. There's a chance that a couple of positives can make them forfeit a game. So that was good news yesterday. And on top of that, uh, if you want to talk about, you know, locker room culture and team buy-in, if you have an entire team that has done this and they were not forced to do it, they uh, apparently the team brought in a handful of doctors from different places to sit down with players that haven't gotten it and approached it on a, you're going to do it and here's why, but more of a, I'm here to answer your questions, whatever you have. You don't have a stupid question. There's no such thing. I'm just going to talk to you. And that approach apparently resonated, and they got buy-in. So it it means it could be a sign, anyway, of good, strong locker room culture, total team buy-in, and, and stuff like that. So from a football perspective, you can practice normally. You can have meetings normally. You're not inconvenienced near as much as a team that is under – uh, that total. And then forfeit is very likely off the table. It's still possible, but it is far more difficult for Ole Miss to forfeit a game this year as opposed to people who are not there. It's a story. It's a story. Uh, I just don't know how much I should do. You know what I mean? Don't know how much I should do. JP says, Borky Dobbs is saying it. Resources are getting scarce. MHSSA had a preemptive statement last week telling us to expect an announcement soon. We may not be restricted here, but Vax IDs may be required. I would be surprised. Again, this is this is just me thinking out loud uh, if we go down that road also in the state. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, at the end of the day, again, you know, you know, Gallo's show is going on right now. Maybe he is more uh, equipped to answer this than me. I think from a purely political perspective, if Tate Reeves wants to win re-election, this, I'm not saying I agree with this or disagree, whatever. I am I'm just saying I know this to be the case. If he wants to win re-election, he will not do the vaccine passport thing, and he will not shut the state down. Because if he does that, I mean, Mississippi is a state that has the lowest vaccine rate in the country. Uh that would be a bad political move. Now, you might think it's the right 
health move, and, and that's fine. But I promise you these decisions are being made with politics in mind as well. I mean, such is life, right? We'll see. We'll see. That That's about as much politics as I want to talk this morning. But uh... Oh, oh, that was in regards to uh, the Saints games. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It, I mean, Louisiana and Mississippi share a border, right? I mean, I, I sit in... In the Jackson area, I'm two and a half hours from New Orleans, and the difference between those two places where, yeah, I could see New Orleans forcing a Vax ID to go to a Saints game in Mississippi. I don't see that happening at all. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we're close by. Um, but it's a shame, but it, it's definitely definitely still a, uh, a story. But good for, good for Ole Miss. I mean, it's if nothing else, it's the right decision for football. It, it helps you. On the football field, regardless of anything else, putting everything else aside, it will be an advantage or not a disadvantage on the football side of things. And it's a good sign of internal culture and total team buy-in if if that is the case. So good for them. I say that as somebody who has gotten it. Good for them. Good, uh, Good for them. Speaking of the Saints, it's time to trade Michael Thomas. It's time. It is time. I am uh, I'm sick of it, and I imagine the team is sick of it as well. So you guys know the story by now. Uh, Michael Thomas uh, was injured last season again and was supposed to get surgery in January. That surgery was delayed. Jeff Duncan wrote um, a pretty detailed piece uh, about the timeline and how they initially – Uh, wanted to take a rehab-based approach instead of a surgery-based approach, and they were going to evaluate it uh, on a monthly basis and see where he was. And then communication between Thomas and the team reportedly just completely went away, and he didn't get the surgery until just a few weeks before camp begins, and he will miss at least, what, the first five, six games of the season. So that report comes out, and Michael Thomas decided to tweet this morning. And here is what Michael Thomas said on Twitter this morning. He said it was a uh, Comic Sans uh, quote. And he said, they tried to damage your reputation. Reputation. I can't read. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story. Here's what it is again. They tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story. That's what Michael Thomas said on Twitter this morning. So, you know, maybe there is his side of things, right? Maybe there is a valid reason why he waited until a very short time before training camp to get a surgery that they knew for a long time. That he had. Maybe there is a valid reason that there wasn't communication between he, the trainers of the team, his position coach, and Sean Payton. Maybe there's all a valid reason for that. But if there is a valid reason for that, uh, trade him or, or, or tell your story. Tell it then. What, what are you saving? What, why are you trying to save the Saints when you're so unhappy with them? If they are out here lying to Jeff Duncan, if that's not how it went down, Tell your side of the story then. Explain to people why you waited to get surgery. 
Because the way it looks from, from this perspective is that a head case is doing head case things. That's what this looks like. You want to call it diva or, or whatever explanation or, or adjective you want to use, it applies here. Because that's what it looks like from here. And Jeff Duncan's been covering the Saints for a long, long time. And he didn't build his career and his reputation on lying. That's not how he got to his position. That's not uh, how he's built his career. He's not a liar. He's a well-respected uh, fixture in New Orleans and has been for a long time and will continue to be for a long time. And you don't get to the position that he's in by making up stories about Saints players. So if you have a story to tell, if you're not going to tell your side, maybe you should. If there's some deep, dark, overlaying thing that they did to you, tell it then. Because this looks like you delayed surgery and you didn't talk to your team to avoid playing. That's what this looks like. All of the drama and, I mean, since he signed the contract, he hasn't been productive. If I'm the Saints right now, I'm done. And I I recognize that in sports, the best players get to act like this. In life, the best people get to act like this. There are divas in this field. Guess who really can't be a diva? Although I can be sometimes. Uh, I don't have that luxury. I am expendable. I am replaceable. I am not remarkable or good at really anything. I'm expendable. I can't act like this. Not really. Um, The best players can act like this. The best people, the best salesmen, uh, if they're hitting their numbers and making bank for the company, they get some wiggle room. They get some leeway. They get special privileges. That's how life works. If you're the best, you can act differently than the people who are not. It's how it works. Welcome to life. However, the production is not matching the actions anymore. If I'm the Saints and I see this crap and the late surgery and the lack of production since the mega contract, I'm shopping. I'm shopping. You're in a rebuild right now anyway. You're in a rebuild right now anyway. Uh, so get something. Get a second round. Get whatever you can get to offload this, and he can run slants for somebody else. Because this kind of stuff I would have no patience for. The Saints, over the last few years, have had a wonderful internal culture. And, you know, there are people that hate the team that think that, you know, they are all spawned from hell. Internally, I have heard it from enough players that have played for New Orleans, that have either moved on to go to other places or whatever, that say internally, between coaches, players, the internal locker room culture is a very strong one. Don't let stuff like this disrupt that. You've got a really good thing going. He's a hell of a player. When he's engaged, when he's active, when he's healthy, is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But he's not healthy. He's not engaged. He's not active. And hasn't been productive since the contract was signed offload it. Be done with it. If if this is going to be part of the deal, be done with it. You're rebuilding anyway. Breeze is gone. Be done with it. That's what I would do. I'm I'm over it. And, you know, if if they don't trade him and he comes back healthy, I'm going to be excited to watch him play again. But that's how fanhood works. Offload it. Be done with him. That's ridiculous, honestly. Just so much drama. Just high school drama. Uh, Trade him. Trade him. That's what I would do. And that's what they should do. 
Get whatever you can get. Yeah, Craig says, trade them and get value. Get whatever you can get at this point. Be done. Just be done. Wide receiver is going to wide receiver, right? They don't all have to be this crazy. They don't. They're not. They're not. In hindsight, they should have traded Michael Thomas and kept Emmanuel Sanders off of last year's team. You know, who would have thought? But that's what they should have done. It's a shame. It's uh, it's what they should have done. Back to the vaccine thing, JP says, yes, it is. It's eliminating a potential story or loss you could prevent. That's That's true, and that's why it was so significant yesterday. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, I believe, and I'm, I'm not going to force my beliefs on any of you, I believe that uh, getting the vaccine is the right thing to do. That's why I got it. Uh, but from a football perspective, which is where I'll leave everything, you've eliminated a factor that can harm you. And good for them. Really, uh, really good for them. The Olympics is over, by the way. Uh, and it did not leave us without the funniest... I, I, okay, it's a little hyperbole. One of the funniest videos I've ever seen. This is from uh, a running event. I don't know exactly what event this is, but this is some of the worst sportsmanship you'll ever see in your life. Wait till you guys see this video. Again, I'm sorry in podcast form, you, you guys can't see this, but I'll explain it to you. Uh, this is hilarious. So the Olympics did not leave us without this story or this hilarity all right you guys see this how do i make it bigger i can't make it bigger okay that's the best we got watch this guy right here in the white hat so this is distance running and they are running up on a table with the water when you're doing these long distance runs obviously you you hydrate during the race while you run watch this guy in the white hat here so if you're listening in podcast it's a table with water bottles lined up on it in two rows. And what you're supposed to do is walk up or run up, grab a water and keep going. But this guy, forgive my language, everybody, is an asshole. Watch what he does. Do you see that? Okay, it's hard. It's it's not the white hat. Forgive me. It's the guy behind the white hat. Watch what he does. Look at his hand. He knocks over every water bottle. He knocks them all off the table and grabs the last one on the table for himself. So nobody behind him can get water. Do you see this? Look at this right here. What a jerk that guy is. I mean, (laughs) are you kidding me? Okay. It's hilarious. And I don't mean to be a softy. That guy should get kicked out of the race. I mean, it's funny, but come on, man. Look at this. He knocks over every water bottle except for the last one, so nobody else behind him can get it. And the bottles are falling at these guys' feet. Could you imagine if one of these runners stepped on one? I mean, it's hilarious. It's the worst sportsmanship I've ever seen. But he should get kicked out of the race. Get him out of here. Isn't that hilarious, though? Look at this. He knocks over every water bottle. (laughs) He grabs the last one. (laughs) what a jerk oh man i I wish it was bigger for your screen sorry i I can't make it any bigger than this apparently but look at him what a jerk what a jerk oh man what a jerk he should be kicked out of the race though i know that's a little soft for me Uh, zach said russia got zero medals great olympics you know 
that whole thing, it, I am I'm definitely a uh, prisoner in the moment thing with the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I watch as much as I can. The time zones this year really screwed everything up when events are happening at four in the morning. I mean, come on. Um, and I won't care about this in like three days. But the fact that the Russian government, the Russian government was paying, providing their athletes with performance-enhancing drugs. They got caught doing it, a state-sponsored doping situation. And every Russian athlete got to compete, identified as a Russian athlete, and the little logo they had to use was the Russian flag, just twisted a little with the Olympic rings on it. It, it, Complete garbage that any of them got to compete. And I know some of them didn't take the steroids. Not all of them did. And I'm sorry, but if you're a part of an organization, a government that was funding steroid use for your athletes, the the country and every athlete involved should not be allowed to compete. Every single Russian medal should be taken away. All of it is fraudulent. But Olympics and every other international sport are completely corrupt. But we won the medal count again. And if the SEC was a country, get this, if the SEC was a country, it would have been third in the medal count. If just the Southeastern Conference was a country, 81 medals won by current or former SEC athletes. Pretty crazy, right? 42 gold, 21 silver, 18 bronze. So not only were SEC athletes third in total medals, but most of them won gold. That was was pretty sick. So I'm sad they're over. At least it means it's football season, though. I enjoy that kind of stuff. Uh, We have heard from a lot of people on the radio show that um, they didn't watch because of wokeness. And all I'll say is I watched a lot of it, and I didn't see what they were talking about. I missed – I didn't watch a single women's soccer game, so maybe that's what they were referring to. But every athlete I saw uh, was proud to compete for the United States. Every medal ceremony I saw, every win, people were carrying flags, the basketball team. I mean, they all had flags draped over their necks. I mean, Draymond Green is telling Kendrick Perkins to act like he's American. I mean, everything that I saw, excuse me, nothing that I saw was political. Maybe I missed it. So when we've had listeners say, I'm not watching because they're all woke or whatever, I, I didn't see any of that. I didn't watch the, the women's soccer games, so maybe that's what they were referring to. But every other event I saw uh, didn't have any of that. So, and either way, I'm not going to rob myself of something that I enjoy because they may think differently than me. But again, I'm probably going too far into stuff like that this morning. I want to build an audience, not not lose it. Is James Franklin the most overrated coach besides Harbaugh? No, this is a big year for for Franklin, though, at Penn State. They stunk last year. Uh, But what he did at Vanderbilt cannot be overstated. He made Vanderbilt relevant, nationally relevant. Uh, That's still holding a lot of weight with me. But this is a big year for him. It's an interesting question. It's a big year. Uh, They have to be better. They hired him with the expectation that he was going to win national championships. That's what they thought they were getting when they hired him. Hadn't been that way so far. 
over with, and we hawked down China in the gold medal count on the last day. Shout out to the USA athletes. Yeah, man. I, I love it. I love it. Um, that wrestling comeback. I didn't quite understand how he was able to come back, but I do know that like he got on top of the other guy a couple of times and like basically at the buzzer won the gold in wrestling. That was sick. Um, that was sick. Brian says, if Thomas comes back healthy, he will play great. He only has one gear. He has no guaranteed money after 2021. They restructured his contract so they could decide what to do after 2021. Huge trade value if he comes back and plays well. It's an interesting angle. It's more emotion for me. Like I, It's one of those things where I'm just sick of it, you know? But I recognize that the team probably needs him to come back and play well. But if he comes back and plays well, then yeah, it's... Um, He's much more valuable than uh, than he is right now. So thanks for uh, bringing me down uh, to perspective. Zach's asking if I watched the pentathlon. Would recommend if not. No, I did not see it. I uh, I did not see it. Unfortunately, um, I told you guys at the beginning of the of the Olympics. By the way, when USA basketball was losing scrimmages, that they would be fine, didn't I? Not gonna lie, I sweated some of that out a little bit, but. Uh, they were always going to be fine. Of course they were. I mean, it's the collection of the best players in the world. Kevin Durant is just a menace. Um, Kevin Durant has overtaken or should have overtaken LeBron as his team to an NBA championship. However, if you're talking like face of the league right now, it's Giannis or Durant because he was incredible in these Olympics. He was incredible in the playoffs. He was just his toe was on the line by about that much. And I mean, hell, they would have won everything if, uh, if not for that. So um, he was just a joy to watch and it was just unbelievable. Um, he's special. He is absolutely best, special. Brian, I agree with you. Durant may be the best pure scorer I've seen play the game. Yeah. I mean, he's elite at every level uh, at his size. His shooting is pure. His mid range game is good. Uh, his ability to, to attack the basket with his handles is off the charts. He's a true three-level scorer and is the best in the game at each one. One of the best in the games at each one. Yes, there are better three-point shooters and stuff like that. But you know what I mean. He was special, and that was a, a lot of fun to watch. So I think I covered everything I wanted to this morning. Um, what a week. I'm excited. We'll hear, uh, we heard from Mike Leach this weekend. Uh, a lot of coaching platitudes because that's what you get and that's what you should get this time of year. And we'll get more from Lane Kiffin this afternoon. Uh, Will Hall's the most honest one of the three, I think, <laughs> as far as his displeasure with his team. But uh, practice is here. Season's inside of four weeks from now. Uh, opening Saturday is, let's see, how many days until August or September 4th? 26, 26 days until September 4th. Really exciting. So if you are uh, just joining, by the way, I did actually talk about college football at the beginning of this, but questions that I want to see answered or if they can be answered uh, at training camp is uh, JP said defensive line is a big question for Southern Miss going into this season. Uh, For Mississippi State, it's up front on the other side of the ball. I, I don't, I mean, I'm interested in the quarterback battle. It's fascinating. Everybody loves a good quarterback competition, but doesn't matter if they're not better up front. In a sneaky sleeper position at Ole Miss that has a lot of questions is the tight end. 
will they get good tight end play? Because it's been a fixture of the Kiffin offense forever. So I got to run. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, the podcast wherever you get them, but especially on YouTube. I appreciate all you guys very much for tuning in and being a part, as you always are, especially the uh, the OGs that have been here from the beginning. Uh, can't thank you guys uh, enough for being a part. I'll see you on the radio this afternoon or tomorrow at 8 right here on the live stream. And uh, I'll see you guys either place, uh, but I'll see you soon. Mississippi Media Production.